0: Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. In fact, this is the last People of Note for 2019, because very soon we're going to be moving into 2020. And I'm very happy to say that I have Dirk Badenhorst in the studio. Dirk, just tell us what your latest position is, because you I've known you in various uh, formats. Just tell us what you are now.
1: Well, I'm still the CEO of the South African International Ballet Competition that happens every two years in Cape Town, and 2020, the beautiful year 2020, will be our seventh event in July, and I'm also the director of Mzanzi Ballet, which will be doing our production of The Queen Show uh, in 2020 as well.
0: And it's coming up quite soon, in fact.
1: Very soon, and it's been great to see this incredible cast of dancers come together, great designer, great music. Um Wonderful choreography, so I'm really, really excited about the production. Um, yeah, we have Angela Reeve and Michael Reeve choreographing. Michael Reeve will be dancing with Monier Juve from Cuba, will be joining us. Two young male dancers from Cape Town, SK Tlatleni and in November, and then the South Af- The the lady cast is an incredible cast of South African ballerinas, legs, feet. Beautiful ballet, beautiful contemporary dance, a magnificent way to start 2020.
0: Well, there you are. We'll hear more about that as we go through the program. It's from the 8th to the 19th of January. But let's just hear what you've been up to over the last year. What have you been preparing?
1: So 2019 has been a magnificent year for myself and for Mzansi Ballet um i was very fortunate to travel to russia to be on the jury of the oscars of ballet competitions the Prix benoit dance in moscow on the bolshoi stage uh where i also had nominated uh andyland who became with me the first south african me the first south african judge him the first south african dancer to be nominated for that competition um i took mzanzi ballet to brazil to perform there I was adjudicating in um, China. I was adjudicating in uh, Cuba, in uh, the U.S. So it's been a really, really, really good year for me from that perspective. So it's been a really, really great time for the work that I've been doing this year. We were also very fortunate in that we had a uh, very successful international ballet intensive. Um, And we brought some teachers from... Latvia, from Germany, from Russia, from Cuba to South Africa to help train young South African dancers. The new director of the Kirov Academy in the Washington um, was one of our teachers as well. And we were lucky enough that that production was then in the end filmed and broadcast on CakeNet. Uh, we called it Christmas in July. So it's really been a great year of being innovative, being young, being fresh, being able to take the company to many, many places, I was also very lucky to to go and uh, teach the Cuban methodology uh, for a teacher program in Nigeria, which was the first time I went to Nigeria, and it's incredible to see the level of commitment and passion that exists in one of our fellow African countries, um, so that has been fantastic for us as well.
0: Well, let's listen to some music of Queen now, because uh, your ballet, which we'll hear more about, is based on the music of Queen. So here it comes, the great Freddie Mercury. The music of Queen, chosen by Dirk Badenhorst, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. Dirk, you talked there about Nigeria. Well, you, talk, you talked about many things, but one of them is that South African ballet is still holding its head high. Secondly, you talked about Nigeria. Actually, we know precious little about Nigeria. Just enlighten us a little. Do people in Nigeria do ballet?
1: They do indeed. I was very, very amazed to be invited to go to the um, Association for Ballet Teachers of Nigeria. And when I got there, I did a course for 27 of the teachers teach all over Nigeria, from Abujan to uh, Lagos to many of the other states and provinces um, and it's incredible to see that also despite lack of necessarily great governmental support, they still make it happen. They still want to make it better. They still want to grow it um, and I'm very much looking forward to having some of these young dancers and teachers attend the international ballet competition in July
0: next year in South Africa. And what about the rest of Africa? Does ballet thrive in other parts? I mean, I know, for example, in Cairo that there's a ballet company. What about sub-Saharan Africa and other parts of Africa?
1: It's such a great question because um, what I left out just now was I was also invited to the uh, Russia's Africa Economic Forum in Sochi, and I had to go and speak about uh, how... We do things to uplift the standard of living and the quality of life in Africa. And my projects were identified as one of the things that was worth speaking. And then we got invited by um, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, uh, Uganda to go and do similar programs to develop it. There's a huge interest. To develop ballet. Classical ballet. I find it truly amazing. and. I think it's time that we understand. The world is waiting to see what's happening in ballet. And, well, and every waiting time, to see
0: what's happening in Africa.
1: Yeah, that yeah. too. But in ballet in yeah. my world, you yeah. know, my world yeah. is yeah. only <laughs> about ballet. <laughs> um, so every time I go and adjudicate abroad, they always ask me, so when are we going to see the next Andilien and Dlovu or more of them? And and it, it also brings me to the, the the question of the level of training in South Africa. We have great teachers. We have great dancers. But we don't have a national focused ballet school and that's a huge problem in that we don't have the kids in a ballet studio five to six hours every day for six days a week. And if we want to compare with the rest of the world, that is what it requires. And therefore, I think it's amazing that that in other African countries, there is now such a great resurgence. The Michaela de Princes doing what they have coming from Sierra Leone, Misty Copeland in, in American Ballet Theatre becoming the first black principal, um, is doing so much to try and give back in Africa and has, and has created a huge interest in pure, pure classical ballet. And so when I was in Nigeria, it was incredible to see the willingness the fact that they everybody was in the studio on time every single day it was so hot i probably lost three or four kilograms just being in the studio from the heat but they were there they were working they were soaking up and in the following weeks every day there has been postings on their facebook pages talking about what they have learned and how they are implementing what they are learning so next year when my next cuban teacher will come for my teacher training program Uh, We will also go and spend another week, week and a half in Nigeria again to take the teacher training program that I run in South Africa and make it bigger also in Nigeria
0: and some of the other African countries. Let's talk in a moment. We're going to hear some music from Nigeria now. This is by Samuel Akpabot. And then I want to talk about the fact that it was Africans who went to Cuba and Cuba developed an amazing dance program. And now it's coming back. So let's listen to music by Samuel Akpabot. That was music by Samuel Akpabot, well known Nigerian composer, because we were talking about Nigeria. But Dirk Bardenhorst is my guest. And Dirk, I just want to find out from you the ballet dancers that uh, you have made strong contacts with in Cuba are descendants of Africa.
1: They are indeed. So the, the story was that originally. Christopher Columbus killed all the First Nation people on the island of Cuba and then there was Spaniards and then they were too lazy to do the work so they found the slaves from West Africa and then they had the black-white situation and then it became Cuba. But it is them that now are coming back. Monier is one of the dancers that I spoke of earlier that in many ways definitely come from Africa.
0: Do they feel strong roots in Africa.
1: They feel a complete solidarity with Africa, and they love that we are being able to bring them back and that they are able to give back. Um, and that's what makes this interaction with Cuba and the, the training of the t- teachers in the Cuban methodology a going full circle in so many ways. And it's it's so wonderful to be able to see how, in the end, it had to go out of africa to come back to africa and be accepted within africa and how they had taken the typical ballet training and made it accessible to africans and i think that's what 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 makes it so beautiful for really.
0: me and what we're talking about here is western style ballet
1: pure classical ballet um and yeah, you know we call it western but the russians really really made it famous and now the chinese are are winning all competitions around the world and it's very interesting because the russians really became interested in classical ballet because they wanted to beat the europeans at it and they wanted to become part of europe and that's why they they did so much to 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 develop the ballet and the chinese are doing exactly the same and now the chinese are beating the world at their own game. And I honestly feel that we can do the same in classical ballet. The talent that we have in Africa from South Africa right up to Nigeria, right up to, to Egypt, as you had mentioned before, um, is incredible. And I just think that if we could start working together, and that's, for me, the role of the South African International Ballet Competition is a way of bringing all of these people from Africa together and then showcasing us to the rest of the world. Um, that's what it's about. and it's it's We have to stop the smaller bickerings, we have to stop the smaller, this is not right, this is Eurocent. No, it's not about that. It's about taking a talent and making it earn a living for you and making it truly world-class. And that's really what we're doing with with the, the Queen show. So it's been an amazing journey because it's purely based in the classical language. But in Queen, Angela revie and Michael revie is doing an incredible job of re creating beautiful ballet and so often i I, I say that people aren't choreographing they restaging but what they are doing with the queen production is really choreographing putting their own stamp on the choreography and and just making something that is truly beautiful
0: that's all happening from the 8th to the 19th of january at the peter turin theater in monte cassino bookings are at CompuTicket. You were talking about Russian Ballet, so let's listen to some Tchaikovsky. Now, this is music from the Nutcracker Suite. That was music by Tchaikovsky from the Nutcracker Suite. Dirk, tell us how you go about discovering talent here. How do you wait for people to come to you? Do people say, I want to come and do ballet? Or do you take someone, let's say, to Alexandra Township and do a demonstration and then hope that you're going to get some volunteers. How does it work?
1: It's probably a combination of all of the above. I'm very fortunate that in the last 30 years, next year will be my 30th year in in ballet. And so we will be celebrating that at the international competition in Cape Town um, on the 14th of July. But people do contact me and say, I have this talented kid. I spoke to somebody uh, in Soweto yesterday that have found these two young boys that we now have to put on a, on an accelerated learning program to help them become the dancers that we want. Um, Also through the competition, uh, we have entries from all over South Africa, the rest of Africa and of course the world. But for me, the interest is to try and find the South African talent. And then I do go out. I really, really try when I traveled in South Africa to go and watch youth productions, I, I, I want to go and watch studio productions, and oftentimes the teachers, are, no, no, it's just a studio production, but that's where you see the real talent, um, and, and and that's what I really try and, and do. I also have become very much involved with uh, Pansula, uh, which I absolutely love, and in the previous production that we did, Bengengazi, we had a whole Pansula section to it. But as part of the, 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 the two weeks of Queen at um, the Peter Turin Theatre Monte Cassino, on Saturday the 11th of January, we will be doing a Pansula competition. We'll have a whole group of crews from Emala Leni, Alexandra, Suero, uh, Orange Farm, all come together and we will have a bit of a dance off and choose the, the best crew. And I just think that it's time that we celebrate and and f- and give a, a, a proper space to the, the the true South African art forms as well. Um, and the dancers are already super excited about it. So that's what what I try and do. And what I uh, there's always a a, a a plan. And when I'm watching the pansula, I also see who are the uh, the talented young people that could possibly
0: be trained in, into the world of classical ballet. What is the age limit on having to train someone? I mean, at what age is it no longer possible?
1: It's a very, very good question because so often somebody would bring their young son or daughter, but at the age of 15. And really, as much as we can make them into dancers, it's probably too late to become a classical ballet dancer. And it's it's harsh. Nobody wants to hear that. And of course, there are always the exceptions of people. And people will say, yeah, but Baryshnik, oh sorry, uh, Nuryev started quite late. But it was a different time, and he had already done folkloric dancing before he had gotten there. Um, these days, the competition technically is so scientific and so harsh that it really, really isn't great. So for I always say for for young girls, anything between the age of six and ten is a good age to start. Of course. If there's super talent, you can you can push it on. For boys, I'm happy for them to start from six. Not really if they want to, but up to 12. I want them to go and play soccer. I want them to develop their bodies um, in other ways as well. But I believe that it's necessary to 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 really start focusing no later on 12 and getting them to train. If you think of somebody like Toriso Magongwa, who won in my first competition in 2008 the Contemporary uh, Medal and will now come back in 2020, as one of my jury members, he started before 12 and be- has become a beautiful ballet dancer um, in the world. Andil and Dylan Lovo a little bit later, and it took so much hard work to get him ready for the world.
0: Yeah, it's a similar story in music. I think if you, get, when you, if you start at six, you've got a head start because you get all that hard slog out of the way when your brain doesn't seem to mind hard slog. Once you're 12 or 13, hard slog is much harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's listen now to some South African music, and that will take us up to our next talk. I'm talking to Dirk Badenhorst, who is the, are you the CEO of South African International Ballet?
1: I am indeed, and the director of Mzansi Ballet.
0: There we go. Here's some South African music. I'm talking to Dirk Bardenhorst about ballet in South Africa and about Queen in particular, which is coming from the 8th to the 19th of January next year, 2020. Next year being just around the corner. Why the music of Queen?
1: I love the music of Queen. We've just had the very successful Bohemian Rhapsody movie. And so it's very fresh in people's minds and hearts. Uh, It dances so beautifully. It choreographs so beautifully, and it speaks to us on such m- different levels. Um, so, the choice of the music for the for the the program goes from songs like "Melancholy Blues," which I've never heard before. I have to be honest. "Millionaire's Waltz," which is also kind of new in my mind, to the typical Radio Gaga. "I uh, We Are the Champions." Barcelona, so all the famous ones are there with a few little nice ones in between, which is really, really
0: exquisite. Well, the nice thing about Queen's music is that it's so interesting as music per se. Absolutely. I absolutely. mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is a classic by any standard.
1: That's why it's called Night at the Opera, because yeah. it really, really is that, and it's part of the program. So um, the choreography, again, it's so intricate, and it's so cleverly done it really takes the music and weaves the steps into it to make a a really really beautiful tapestry of ballet
0: and if you think of uh, we're talking about bohemian rhapsody it's by no means sort of regular one two three four it's got all sorts of combinations of rhythms in it which must make it really quite challenging for you because you know
1: the dancers always works in fours and eights and we always say we can't count further than eight so yes it makes it necessary to actually listen to the music and not count the music. Um, and it's been beautiful to see how the dancers have been coping with it.
0: Another thing that interests me is how the choreography happens. Does someone sit down uh, with a chart in front of them and work things out, or is it all workshopped? How, how does it work?
1: In, in Angela's case, it is very much predetermined. She knows the music, she's incredibly musical, so she has a very, very clear idea of what she wants and how she wants it to look. Off axis, on axis, leg up, leg down, the, the, the slide on the floor has to be in a particular way. She does allow for the dancers to, to be able to, to put their own s- stamp on it a bit, but it's very much what she wants it to be. And is it notated somehow? No. She's written it down. In yes. words, but it's not properly notated with Laban or with the Benesh notation.
0: But there is a way that if somebody else wanted to do this, it could be written down, and somebody Absolutely. else could interpret so it. So
1: both yeah. of those not, not, notation systems, the Benesh, Rudolf Benesh, and uh, the Laban system, are are ways that people use to to notate it. But these days, we are very fortunate that we uh, we've been recording most of the rehearsals. And then also what you do when you record the rehearsal, you actually hear the input from the choreographer, which oftentimes has to be kind of guessed when you have just notated it. Um, And so therefore, to have the actual words of Michael or Angela with it makes it just so much easier to to repeat. For instance, uh, Monier is coming from Spain and he will only be here towards the end of December. He comes tomorrow, actually. And so he has been sent all the the video clips. He's had to learn it so that we have three days to get him ready and into the production for us to start.
0: Well, and talking about uh, Spain and Spanish music, here's some Georges Bizet from Carmen. That was music by Georges Bizet from his opera Carmen. Also, Fantastic music, I'm sure, to dance to because it's so rhythmic and powerful. Actually, it's lots one of Spanish my favorites. Music, yeah. it's
1: one of my absolute favorites, and uh, I've danced it myself. I've enjoyed it, whether it's with flamenco dancing with castanets or my feet stamping, or whether it's done as a ballet. Veronica Papers choreographed a very beautiful Carmen for South Africa. We've done it in Johannesburg quite a number of times. Um, it's a beautiful piece of music. It's a beautiful ballet. Absolutely.
0: Now, let's come to something which is always a crucial part of discussions about things, funding. How do you fund things like this? Do, do you rely entirely on box office or is there some sponsor involved? How, how do you deal with the funding? Well, in this particular case, we are
1: very fortunate that we've had some assistance from Mary Oppenheim and Daughters Foundation. We've been very, very lucky that the lottery has given us some money. We are very thankful to them. We have a few other smaller funders that have helped, but it's always an issue. And then in the end, also box office. And so the idea is that for the International Ballet Competition, I want to to start building a very, very big fund so that it doesn't become reliant on day-to-day fundraising anymore. Um, And so that is the dream. And I think that is the mission for 2020 and 2021. Um, And we've been very fortunate also that there has been interest internationally for the work that I do. Um, So I believe that over the next two years, I will try my best to to raise a substantial amount of money for the competition that will allow us to do the competition, the teacher training program, which creates works and helps us be more sustainable, and then also forms Ballet, the company. And that's really what it is.
0: And let's just look even bigger than that. What are the chances, if any, of having a national ballet school, you talked about it earlier, how great it would be if we could have a place where people are available six days a week. What are the chances?
1: Well, that's that. I have a 15 year plan of which the first four years are up now. First and foremost, training teachers so that we have black South African teachers trained in the Cuban methodology with the white South African teachers. Um, and still run completely from Cuba. The the quality control happens from Cuba. The next five years will be the bringing together of some of those teachers and some of the students. So we don't have to now go and look for the students. The teachers that we are training will be the ones that start channeling the the kids to us. Um, So that's then for the next five years, and we will have um, Cuban teachers and South African teachers with a South African... um, half of the teachers and the uh, Cuban leader of the, of the program. And then after that, I want a South African director of the school with white and black South African teachers and then just annually examinations happening uh, with the Cubans coming to South Africa, ensuring that we do create something that has us in a studio with up to 200 South African students six days a week, for five to six hours every day. Then and then only will we be at a space that we can compare with the world, where we can create South African works, because this is, in the end, really the the dream, is that we need to uh, be able to start telling South African stories in classical ballet. We need to benchmark ourselves with the world by doing the Giselles or the Swan Lakes, but the world can see that anywhere. They cannot see Benghazi anywhere in the world. They need a South African company with South African dancers to take it to the world and then that is something that we can market. I think somebody like Dada Masilo and Gregory uh, Makoma doing their productions are incredible in their world and we need to do the same with classical ballet.
0: You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. My guest tonight is Dirk Bardenhorst, and there's a production coming up from the 8th to the 19th of January Next year, which is just around the corner at the Peter Turin Theatre in Monte Cassino. So keep an eye open for that. It's called
1: The Queen Show. And the dancers are beautiful dancers, and I wanted to say this just now. We have a few young dancers, Nehanda Pegean, uh, Paige McElligott, who just became became the, the the only South African that got her solo seal in the Royal Academy of Dance, which is the highest qualification you can get with the Royal Academy of Dance. We have a very young dancer called Lise Mens, coming from Hatfield with talent very, very close to a Sylvie Guillem. For the people in the world of ballet, they will know who Sylvie Guillem is. And then we have Alison Sishi, Lindy Vessels, um, Michael Reeve dancing. So a really magnificent cast. Sebang is this beautiful young dancer that just took part in the BitVest corporate, bringing to the stage a great, great energy and a magnificent coming together of South African and international
0: talent. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Koch. My guest tonight is Dirk Badenhorst. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back after this. Now, this is the last People of Note for 2019. And I thought we'd do something rather special because Dirk Badenhorst has brought his son, Alexander, with him to the studio. And we were chatting before we started recording and Alexander told me that one of his favorite songs was Old Town Road. And I thought, hey, here's a chance to do our own special classic 1027 Idols competition. So Alexander is going to sing for us Old Town Road.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old time. Yo, I'm going to... Ride till I can no more I'm wanna take my horse to the old time no oh, I'm wanna Ride till I can no more I got the horses in the back was tight in take. tick Head is made of black I the cruise black man Riding on a horse you came with your push I've been in a valley and I've been about a bush now and nobody tell me nothing Oh, tell me nothing. Riding on a tread, that's too much in bag. Gigi's on my baby, you can go with Oscar. My life is a mooji, bro, I can mooji, But I can mooji. Wrap around my booty, ain't nobody tell me nothing. Oh, tell me nothing. Hat down, cross town, summer in the back. Head down, course down, living like a rock star. Spent a lot of money on my brand new guitar. And it's gonna have a damn marine defending sports car. Riding down a hill with my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, ever, through all day. I'm like a mob bro with a kick on back. Wish I could roll on back to the old time rolling wanna ride till I can no more.
0: Hey, let's give him a round of applause. That was Alexander Badenhorst making his debut on radio singing Old Town Road. Well done. How did that feel?
2: Um, I, ca- I kind of felt shy.
0: But you did well. Uh-huh. uh uh-huh. You just have to clean up the words a bit. Some of those words were a bit dicey. I couldn't hear all the words, but you'll be a champ. Oh. Thank you. Well, you can well, now he can now sit down again and relax, because he felt a bit shy. Wasn't that great? Old Town Road, sung by Alexander Bardenhorst, right here on Classic. Dirk Bardenhorst is my guest in People of Note tonight. And we've been hearing about the show, which is coming up in January, which is quite early in the year. I guess you're catching people just as they come back from holidays.
1: Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful way to start the year and to kick off the year and to get things going. Um, so that's why when Peter gave us the dates, we thought, let's try it and let's see how it goes. And I think it's a, it's a good way for us to, to kick off Mzansi uh, uh, Ballet's uh, twenty twenty and also Dirk twenty twenty because we have a year filled with quite a number of things.
0: Especially because you said it was thirty years, absolutely that you've been involved. Yes. How did you first get involved?
1: It's very strange because I don't I don't come from a family of of ballet dancers. I seem to remember you come from somewhere on the West Coast. I, I matriculated in Frindal on the That's West Coast, right. indeed. Um, and it's been very interesting learning. I had a dad that wasn't very keen on me doing ballet, but the rest of the family has al- always been very, very supportive. Um, and I always say the fact that I didn't start as early as the ages I had mentioned earlier probably did not allow me to become the ballet dancer that I probably could have. But if I had, I probably wouldn't have been... The administrator and the and the person driving the development of ballet and and making ballet as accessible to as many people as possible so there's always a positive to every negative i I believe and so that's really where it comes from um and so really more and more of training teachers in the townships for 2020 uh the ballet competition happens in 2020 13 to 19 july in cape town we will also be doing a big international ballet intensive with the teachers from around the world. The jury for the 2020 competition is a really who's who of the ballet world. Ted Branson from the Dutch National Ballet, Madame Fong Ying from the Central Ballet of China, Professor Kim, the president of the Ballet Society in South Korea, Christian Spuk, the director of the Zurich Ballet, Anarela Sanchez from uh, Portugal, Marta Iris from... Uh, Cuba, from the National Ballet School of Cuba, Toriso Magongua, Christoph Baum from the Berlin State Ballet School, Runchao Du from uh, the uh, Kirov Academy in Washington. Um, and then we bring this incredible uh, sports scientist, Patrick Rump from Germany, to come help us with uh, preventing sport injuries, ballet injuries, who has worked with William Forsyth, Alina Kojakaru, Tamara Rojo, really made a huge impact. And wanting to work with the South African... Uh, medical fraternity to help us also prepare our dances better and, and prevent injuries more. I will be going back to, to Cuba in um, April. I will be going to the U- United States for a big competition in uh, uh, beginning of April. We will be going to um, Nigeria in April and in November, I think. Um, we will be going to some of the other African countries like Rwanda and Sierra Leone as well. Um, I'm, I will be taking Mzanzi Ballet to Mexico for a festival in June, and we're hoping that we are lucky enough to take Benghazi with Mzanzi Ballet to uh, Russia for the BRICS summit and to China to go and tour the provinces. So that's the the year 2020, I think, a beautiful so year.
0: an exciting time. Absolutely. We're going to hear some Chinese music now. This is part of the Butterfly Lovers Concerto. And then I want you to tell us about ballet in China because if we think you know of the population of China even if like 0.01% of them did ballet it would be a hell of a lot of people. Let's listen to the Butterfly Lovers Concerto and then tell us a bit about China. That was part of the Butterfly Lovers Concerto music from China because we were talking about China and you said that a lot of Chinese people are doing really well in ballet now and we know the numbers in China. Well, we don't know the numbers, but they're like in the billions. So is even if it's a small percentage of people, is it a lot of people doing ballet?
1: It's incredible. So uh, I started going to China in 2007, um, but ballet really went to China when Mao Zedong's wife wanted to bring ballet to China. And so it was wonderful because they had the presidential support for it. We all know about Mao's Last Dancer, who is now the director of the uh, Queensland Ballet in Australia, uh, Li shueng who came to South Africa and whom I've sat on juries in China with. Um, they have now five or six really big ballet companies, the Central Ballet, the first, the, the Shanghai Ballet, the next, the Leoning Ballet that I brought to South Africa in 2015 when we did Swan Lake here, um, the Wanzhou Ballet, um and they and have a ballet school they have amazing ballet or spaces. ballet They're schools ballet schools so uh the shanghai ballet school for instance the shanghai uh company and school just recently built studios for themselves and they built 54 studios in one building it's just mind-blowing um you know we're lucky if we have joe brick ballet has two studios cape town city ballet has two studios There they have 54. They have more than 400 kids in their junior school, more than 400 kids in their senior school, more than 400 students. These are just pure classical ballet dancers. And this is just a school in Shanghai. In Shanghai, there are numerous other schools. Um, In Beijing, the same. And actually, the, the, the ballet company in Beijing now has started their own school despite having a dance facility with more than 70 studios. It's just... The the numbers are truly mind boggling, but the government support them. The level is that they do go out and they find the talent all over China and they bring the best of the best together. Um, The Chinese are often said that they don't have a lot of emotion because they are great at copying. Not true at all. It's like South Africans. We often say that young black dancers don't have necessarily the body type, the, the legs, the feet. Not true at all. if we go out and we search for the real talent, we find the real talent. Um, and we need to also adapt our, our our perspective and 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 requirements for ballet to fit the nation that we are in. And it's something that i'm I've been driving every time I sit on an international jury like saying we can't all look the same. We can't all feel the same. We need to honor the country that these dancers come from because they have to go back and dance for their own people. So there's no way in training a South African dancer to dance like a French dancer. But our audiences are not on par with the audiences in France that have been developing for the last 400 years. So it's that kind of interplay. It's not saying that the quality shouldn't be good. It's not saying anything like that. But it needs to start being our own. It needs to be honoring the city, the country, the nation that you are from.
0: But it does take the
1: political will to make it happen. Absolutely. And that's what Cuba has shown us. That's what, if you think of ballet arriving in France, it arrived because King Louis the Fourteenth wanted it. If you think of ballet in Russia, it's because the Tsars at that stage wanted it. And now Vladimir Putin is a huge supporter of classical ballet. Um, and so that is indeed, Mr. Xi Jinping actually goes to ballet performances in China. Uh, I am yet to see Mr. Ramaphosa Uh, No, Mr. Zuma. Actually, I saw Mr. Zuma in China when we went to perform in China in 2014. He was actually at a performance. Um, Yes. So that's really what had to happen. Ta-Bombeki came to a performance of Mzansi Productions in 2011 because he came to watch the Cubans dance. Um, But that was after he wasn't the president of South Africa anymore. So we need to get a change. We can't even get our Minister of Arts and Culture to attend a ballet performance in South Africa. And that needs to change.
0: And I'm sure it will change in time to come. We're going to listen to Yo-Yo Ma now. He's coming to South Africa shortly. So here's one of his pieces from The Silk Road. I'm speaking to Dirk Badenhorst from the South African International Ballet Competition. Uh, he's the CEO of that. Just talk to me about competitions in general for musicians. There are sort of sine qua known you you know you have to take part in competitions for people to notice you is the same true in ballet or do people do scouts go around looking for good dancers uh,
1: mostly I'm not a big fan of, of ballet competitions even though I started the South African international ballet competition but it was one way of bringing the fortune that I have by traveling the world and seeing the best of the best to South Africa it was one way of Concentrating that to come here, but at the same time, giving South African dancers the opportunity to be seen by directors of schools and companies from around the world. So, the success stories of Andilian Ndlovu, Torisa Magongwa, Lire Mokhatle, Boise de Kobe, Camille Brazier, um, and the list goes on. Joshua Williams, who's now training at the um, uh, Zurich Dance Academy, is exactly the reason why these competitions are essential um the biggest biggest one is the youth america grand prix in new york they bring 26 directors of schools and companies around the world together and they have preliminary rounds around the world now they have brazil they have in china they have in korea they have in japan they have them in europe in numerous places because the the the, the need and the want to be part of that is so big now and it's it's causing a huge resurgence of interest in classical ballet because of these competitions. Parents want their kids to compete. Um, And for many years, the competition was a very uh, sterile kind of environment and the kids weren't really uh, being able to develop into actual performers. And so oftentimes, kids would, would be taken into a company and wouldn't last very long because they were not ready then to be in a company. But nowadays, we all know that and all directors and, 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 and jury members of competitions have started looking for the talent, for the the, the interpreted uh, performances that, that we want the kids to be. So not just 10 pirouettes and big jumps. No. Can you tell the story of Giselle or Swan Lake in your one or two or three minutes that you have on stage? If yes, and you can do the 20 pirouettes, then you will probably win the competition. And uh, we've been very, very fortunate that young dancers that have come to South Africa first had then gone on to become amazing young dancers. Antonio Casalino from uh, Portugal is a prime example that I had gone to other places, brought him to South Africa and has just recently won the uh, Grand Prix prizes in in a number of competitions. Um, so really, it, it has become a vehicle for many young kids to find entrance into schools, and then into companies, and, and that's really what it's about.
0: And you talked about Giselle there, the music by Adolf Adam, and here is some of the music from Giselle that you were talking about. Well, we've just about come to the end of the program now, and it's been an unusual program because we've had an appearance of a brand new singer, Alexander Badenhorst, who sang Old Town Road. Uh, who knows where you might hear him in the future on Idols or some competition? You never know. Watch this space. Remember, you first heard it here on People of Note because his dad, uh, Dirk Badenhorst, is my guest on People of Note. Just to wrap up then, Dirk, let's talk about Queen again. This is the 8th to the 19th of January at the Peter Turin Theatre at Monte Cassino. The bookings are at CompuTicket. It's gonna, how long is the show? Is it suitable for kids as well? It's absolutely a family show. It's, it's- why it's
1: it's done now, so it starts the year. Um, it is uh, with interval just under two hours, so it's a really, really great time. Um, the prices are really, really decent, 150 and 250 rand, so it's really affordable for the family. Um, and it really speaks to everybody. I, my son has gone to rehearsals, has enjoyed it. We've had guests come and watch the, the creative, uh, creative process. And and it really, really is indeed a ballet that speaks to the pure ballet audience, the crossover market, uh, the contemporary market. If you just like the music of Queen, you'll enjoy the evening in any case, and then you have something visual to look at. The men drip with testosterone. It's a great cast of men. The ladies are beautiful ballerinas. Um, So really, really, it speaks to a a much wider audience. Uh, It's at Monte Casino. So great parking, great restaurants. The service we get from Peter Turin and his full staff at the theater is incredible. So it's a really, really beautiful experience for all.
0: And the website is www.saibc.com. You can get all the information there. And all that remains for us now is to say, because this is the last one of the year, Uh, Happy New Year when it comes. Lots of things to go to in the new year because as soon as the ballet is finished, we start with the Joburg International Mozart Festival. That's starting on the 24th of Jan. But in fact, that very weekend uh, at the end of the ballet is the New Year's concert, which you've taken part in in many years gone by with some dancers. So lots to look forward to in the new year. Thank you all for listening to People of Note during the year. We've had some really interesting guests, and of course we'll have fantastic guests lined up for next year too. So thank you, Dirk. Thank you for having me, A Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Thank you, and to all of you at home, uh, thank you for listening. And thanks to Hadebe, who's helped us put this program together, as he always does, and he'll be going off to have some New Year's party pretty soon too. Old Year's Eve and New Year's. Don't go to Mashuguna now, Matabatabah. We need you to be here on January the 1st, okay? Wide awake and ready to press the buttons here. So, thank you all. Have a great rest of your Christmas holidays and New Year. And I'll be back with people of note in the New Year. Good night.